Welcome to the Teaching Behavior Together podcast, where I provide you with actionable steps for making your classroom management plan effective by incorporating behavioral and social-emotional learning activities into your daily teaching. Hi, I'm Maria, and I have 10 years experience in the field of behavior analysis. In each episode, I will be providing you with effective and evidence-based strategies you can use to create a classroom environment you want to go to each morning. No longer will you be driving home in tears over the overwhelming feeling of trying to manage student behaviors. So sit back, listen up, and start seeing success. Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Teaching Behavior Together podcast. Today we're here with Nicole from Adaptation Station. She is going to be talking to us about becoming a BCBA because we get so many questions about the process. It is a little bit confusing, so she's going to walk us through some of the processes that she has been engaging in to become a BCBA, some of the things she's been doing for her hours, as well as how she decided to pursue this and how she decided that the BCBA route was something that was right for her. So let's just get right into it. All right, everyone, we are here with Nicole. Nicole, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Nicole. I run Adaptation Station. You can find me over there on Instagram, and I have a podcast under the same name. I worked in a self-contained classroom for students with autism for six years at the elementary level, and I now work at a private behavior center, and I'm working towards my BCBA. Awesome. And that's why we wanted Nicole to come on today because we want to talk all about getting the BCBA because we get so many questions about the process. It can be kind of confusing and things change with relative frequency, um, the different requirements that are required to get your BCBA. So first, what what made you decide that uh, pursuing a BCBA was a route you wanted to take? I actually decided it in the second class of my master's program. I had my behavior class, the one class you have in your, I have a master's in special education. And so you have one behavior class and I thought the professor was amazing. I, it was like the first class I'd taken where I really like felt like I understood everything that she was talking about. And I decided when I graduated my master's, I was going to enroll in the ABA certificate right afterwards. And I did exactly that. I started the class six, six weeks after my graduation. That's awesome. And how many classes did you end up taking through that program? My graduate certificate in applied behavior analysis was a six-course sequence to match with the task list needed. Awesome. Yeah, that's typically what it is um, for a lot of programs is about six courses. And you can take – some programs are combined, like special ed, ABA, master's degrees that you can take them combined. And then some people, if you already have a master's degree, say in special education, educational leadership, um, other areas of education, you can then take an additional six courses that, or six, usually five to six, six six-ish courses to then get your BCBA. But there's also a requirement for some practicum hours. So do you want to talk a little bit about what your experience has been getting your hours? Absolutely. So this was one thing, and there's a lot of reasons why there is a gap, because I actually finished my graduate program in 2018, but didn't start my supervision until 2020. And some of that had to do with just not being confident enough to actually pursue the career. But I also found it a little difficult to try and figure out how to approach supervision in a school system. Now, it was done. I have coworkers who did work on their BCBA supervision while they were teachers. But a lot of the times you end up having to pay out of pocket for a BCBA to supervise you. And the biggest recommendation I got was to try and find a part-time job working for an ABA company. Uh, it just becomes a little bit easier. 
And so I looked at doing that while I was teaching. And then I eventually decided that I wanted to just try working for the center. So I left teaching, went to the center, and I still worked there for about six months before I was willing to actually dive in. But now I do all of my supervision through my private job. That's so interesting. So what um, we're kind of talking about in terms of the payment aspect of it is a lot of people will pursue their hours being supervised. So you get your usually like 1500 to 2000 hours right now is what you're looking at in terms of practicum hours and 5% of those have to be supervised. So someone has to be actually watching you implement plans in meeting with you about your implementation, providing feedback. So if you're doing like the 1500 hour route, I think that 5% of that is 75 hours. So for 75 hours, you would be paying someone to supervise you. So they would be coming to your site or your classroom. When I used to supervise teachers, I used to go to their classroom and supervise them for those hours. And then we would meet and talk and um, provide feedback and all of that fun stuff. And if you work in a school system and there's not already a BCBA, a lot of times you will have to find what's called a private supervisor. And that person usually requires some sort of payment for their time. Um, some BCBAs do a lot of supervision. Some um, There are some supervision academies out there that focus on supervision. And that all comes at a cost. So that is something to factor in when pursuing the BCBA is that if you are in a school that is something that you will need a supervised hours and it has to be a BCBA supervising you for those hours for them to count because they do sign off on those on a monthly basis. But a lot of people go the route that Nicole route went where you look into different centers because they have BCBAs there. And oftentimes you can get hired onto a center for weekends or nights and take on some clients there. And, and because there are BCBAs there, they're able to supervise you. And actually touching on that, I wish I had really spent more time looking at that because you can take quite a bit of time to finish your BCBA supervision. So I kind of am going at it at like a really high rate trying to get it done in a year, but you can take longer. And if I had really researched a little bit more and realized that that was a possibility, I probably could have been fitting in, you know, five to 10 hours at nights and on weekends and in the summer working at a center and then slowly accruing my hours that way. You just have to do a minimum of 20 hours per month. But as long as you can clear that threshold of getting your 20 hours in, you can count it. And I could have been working on it slowly over the course of a couple of years. So if you are in a school system, but you want to look at working in the center, there is a way to do both and make it meet all of your needs. Right. And there's also the opportunity to have multiple supervisors. So there's also the opportunity if you were working in a school system and there was a BCBA there, but they were like between multiple buildings and they said, you know, I could supervise you. I just can't commit to your full supervision because of all their other responsibilities. You could also supplement that with working at a center and potentially getting some of those hours um, counted as well. I also know of people who keep their job at a school and count some of their classroom hours towards towards their BCBA. And then all of their supervision takes place usually at the center that they're working at too. So that's another option as well is that you can still acquire hours during your day job 
Um, it's just how your supervisor is going to work that out for you. They might ask you to like record yourself doing certain things so they can see you in that setting. But um, a lot of times then the majority of your supervision would take place at whatever center they work at as well. So there's some different ways to get supervision hours. And if you go on the BACB.com website, they do talk about different hour requirements. It is a little bit confusing. I recommend talking to somebody who's either getting their hours right now or BCBA just about the breakdown of it all because the chart is somewhat confusing, at least in my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, But what are some of the things that you typically are doing right now for hours? So there's two categories of hours and there's direct hours with clients and then there's indirect hours. And I know they're called something different now, but um, what, what are some of the activities that you do to get hours? So the direct or restricted hours are the hours with clients. And the reason that and it took me a while to understand this. The reason that it's restricted is there is a restriction on how many of your supervision hours can be done just doing direct therapy with students. So that is my actual job. And this was actually interesting. I had someone DM me who's more in a research capacity. And so when she's going in and seeing students, it's unrestricted for her because she's doing assessments. Whereas I actually implement programs. So if I have a BCBA writer protocol, I that is my paid job is to do it. So I count that as restricted. So that's just my normal work. And then for unrestricted, that's everything outside of my job. And so that's where you really have to be a little bit more of a go-getter to get those opportunities. And I found in the beginning when I wasn't advocating for myself, I wasn't really getting any opportunity to get unrestricted hours. A lot of times the things that I'm doing are things that a BCBA can and would be doing if I wasn't there. And so I really have to be saying like, hey, I really need some more hours. I see you're getting ready to write a protocol. Can I help you with that? Um, Can I graph your data for you? Can I give an assessment? And so that was actually my biggest one that I did when I first started out is I went to my BCBA and I said, I heard that you needed to update ABLES. Is that something I could help you with? And so once I kind of got that going, she started to realize, oh, well, maybe this is something else that Nicole could do and she could count as her unrestricted time. Uh, So it's a lot of, again, graphing data, doing assessments, I'm doing some staff training now. So I am graphing the data and helping determine where our programs are going to go. And then I'll go in and train staff on the new programs, things like that. Yes, absolutely. And um, what, what we're kind of talking about in terms of running a program is that's when you're essentially directly interacting with the client. So you're directly providing some sort of behavior therapy to that client in some sort of fashion. And then all of the like backend stuff where you're writing the programs, doing the assessments, the FBAs, like all of that is, are things that you would count as indirect hours or unrestricted hours. And if you're a teacher in a classroom, you might be thinking, well, I teach all day. Like I'm always uh, I'm directing content towards my students are those all direct hours. And it really depends on like what you're teaching and what's kind of happening in your classroom. And a BCBA can help you really narrow down where your hours can be coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are still ways for you to get indirect hours in a classroom as well. If you're doing any paraprofessional training, if you're writing any type of behavior plan, if um, you are doing any type of staff training or data collection, those are all things that can count towards indirect hours. It's it's really having someone come into your classroom and kind of audit what you do throughout the day and help you determine those hours. Um, do you think when you were a classroom teacher, there were opportunities to get hours if, if that was what your choice was at the time? 
now that I am halfway through supervision, yes. But I, like Maria said, it took me a while to realize what counted as supervision to realize, well, I did a lot of this. Like I, I just mentioned, I did ABLES and I also did ABLES in my classroom. And so in those scenarios that I probably could have counted that. But my biggest thing that I want to emphasize is it's important to have a relationship with the BCBA because they're going to help you determine that because they'll be the people that sign off in the end. So if I'd had a BCBA come into my classroom back in 2017 and look around, she probably could have helped me see way more potential to get supervision in the classroom. I just didn't have anybody to do that. And so I felt like I couldn't make it happen. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and BCBAs are becoming more popular in schools. I would say more districts are recognizing that this can be someone on a multidisciplinary team that adds value to the school and part of our continuum of services. So it's definitely something that's becoming more popular and definitely um, at times you might not know if a BCBA works in your district or some states have um, educational service centers or um, for your county that also will hire staff that go to multiple different schools for a variety of things or in interpreters or um, different support staff that might not be needed full-time inside of a district, but then they service multiple buildings and there might be a BCBA that's hired through them. So I would definitely just kind of look in your area, do some research about BCBAs in your area that could help support you through this process. Um, I don't know of a BCBA that I've ever met in person that would turn you down just to talking to you about the process and um, getting you familiar with what getting your hours really looks like. Because when I often, when I get questions about hours, I feel like people are very intimidated by this process. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm so glad that you're getting so many hours. What is like the, um, what is one of the best things that you've done that were something that you really love doing that you get hours doing? I actually love training staff because I always feel like, like it feels really good when there's a, maybe a new staff member who, they're working on their RBT and they don't have the same background I do. And sometimes, and I kind of feel this way with ABA in general, a lot of the terminology is confusing and you just need someone to help you understand. So I love going into a room and there's a therapist that doesn't understand a program and then I can just show them what it means. And then they feel so much more confident when they go into therapy the next day and they know exactly how to run that program. Like kind of takes me back to being in the classroom again. And I just like love helping people feel more confident in doing their jobs. Yeah. That's so cool. Can you explain to um, anyone listening what what does a behavior program look like? I guess so. What it, when you refer to running a program, what does that kind of look like day to day? So my best example I always give is think of a program almost like an IEP goal because it's a very similar concept. So if you use Ables or VBMap in your classroom, we use that at my center as well to determine different programs whether. Uh, and there are a bunch of different categories programs could be in. You could have visual performance programs where they're working on puzzles or something like that. You could have imitation programs where they're working on fine motor imitation, voice imitation, things like that. Uh, you can have communication programs. You can have interverbal programs. You can, and that can be working on answering a variety of WH questions. So again, it's really not that different. I kind of tell people that my job is like doing IEP goals all day long. So I don't have to teach the content the way I did in the classroom. I just do the IEP goal part now. And they have a lot more of them because it is just working on programs. You don't have to worry about the other things as well. 
That's so cool. Yeah, definitely. I would definitely would draw that comparison between an like a direct IEP goal to a program. And um, when you're talking about the ABLES and the VBMAP, those are assessments that we give to then identify what skills that we're going to teach, like what are our targets going to be, what are the programs going to be focusing on and, and all of that, um, which is very similar to the assessments that we would see in the classroom, where then we would use that data to determine IEP goals as well. And if you're if you're now very intrigued by this process, feel free to reach out to either one of us. Nicole's on Adaptation Station over on Instagram, and I'm at Teaching Behavior Together on Instagram. We'd be happy to answer any questions about getting hours or just the process of getting your BCBA. I know um, it can be a little bit intimidating. It can seem like a lot, but if you, it's something you're interested in, I highly encourage you to look into the program and just see what's available to you and see, you know, feasibly how you can make it work if it is something that you're really passionate about. Absolutely. And like she said, I'm here to answer any questions. And if you uh, deal with imposter syndrome at all, or you feel like you're, you're not going to be able to make it, I can be there to help encourage you because I'm having to do the same thing to myself. So Yes, imposter syndrome is real, even for somebody that's been in the field for 10 years, has a PhD in the field. I still feel it too sometimes. I second guess myself all the time. I lean on my colleagues and I'm like, hey, um, this is this is the right track of thinking, correct? Um, so it's definitely something that we all deal with and behaviors can be really complex. And it's really great to have a team of people around you who have a similar understanding of behavior to help bounce ideas off of because um, behavior is complex and, and writing programs and IEP goals around behaviors can be a challenging process. Writing behavior plans can be really challenging. So we're here to support you. Um, is there anything else you want to leave the listeners with? Don't be afraid to ask questions. If you are not sure what something means, even something as simple as I'm reading something on the BACB website and I don't know what it means, it's okay to ask for clarification. I think a lot of people log onto the website and they get so overwhelmed by even like reading like how to become a BCBA that they're like, if I can't comprehend this webpage, I can't actually do it. And so mm -hmm. don't be afraid to ask people who are already in the field questions because a lot of us are very supportive and we can help you understand anything that you're struggling with. Yes, absolutely. The website is filled with many a hyperdoc and <laughs> those can be confusing. So um, let us know if you have any questions. Go follow Nicole over on Instagram and we'll catch up in the next episode. All right, everyone, I hope that this episode was really helpful and you learned a lot about the BCBA process. If you have any questions, feel free to message either of us over on Instagram. My Instagram is Teaching Behavior Together and Nicole's is Adaptation Station. Make sure you head over there, ask us any questions that you might have about the process because again, it can be a little bit confusing and we'd be happy to answer any questions that you might have. If you are a teacher implementing behavioral, social, emotional learning strategies in your classroom and you're looking for free resources, I have a classroom behavior intervention checklist linked in the description of this episode. It is completely free and it is a complete checklist to optimize your classroom for behavioral success. So definitely go check that out. All you have to do is click on the link, enter in your email, and it'll be in your inbox very, very shortly. And this should really help guide the behavioral interventions in your classroom. Thank you again so much for listening. I really hope it was helpful and have a great rest of your day.